Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Clashing Sabers Network. Here we go again. Sure. We're home. I bypassed the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabers podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and I am here with my co-host. He's Mace Windu's secret BFF. It... <laughs> hey, it's Drew. How are you? I am. I'm, I'm pretty good. I did the Mace Windu one because have you seen all the headlines of Mace Windu is back from for Star Wars or something? All that stuff that's uh, out there now. No. <laughs> yeah, bunch of clickbait headlines that are trying to get you to click on it to know that you know uh, to see that Mace Windu is coming back from the dead when really it's just What's... he's gonna be in Tales of the Jedi. That's oh, that's oh, the comeback. That oh, yeah. good grief. Okay, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Now I, I for one would always be fine with a little bit more Mace Windu, but uh, I mean, I suppose in Star Wars you're not dead unless there's a body, and even then. Like, yeah, I suppose even then. Yeah, it's I mean, scary to think about. We did see Palpatine blow up, and then. But did we? I would argue we did, but that's an argument for another podcast. That that's will definitely true. That's happen. true. Uh, but tonight we are going to be delving into uh, Andor and what we expect and what we want out of the series, which is uh, just a few days away at this point. So, uh, oh before we get there, though. Make sure you're uh, following us on all our social media platforms because we are continuing to put out a whole bunch of uh, different articles and podcasts and other content um, for for all of you guys. Mark and I have been working on ramping up uh, TikTok content and stuff, so there's going to nice. be a lot more going on there. Uh, in the last week, we had an episode of Don't Burn the Sacred Text, which is our book mm -hmm. podcast. Mark has another episode of Forever Star Wars that came out. So if you are subscribed, you get all of those delivered to you right away. So if you like what we do here or you even hate listen to us, which is still <laughs> fine, uh, make sure you are, are subscribed on there. To start us off tonight, Drew, now that we got all these pleasantries out of the way, sure. I wanted to ask you if you kept up with uh, all these announcements coming out of D23. Um, I honestly wasn't pay paying super close attention to them just for the sheer fact of uh, I've kind of given up on following day-long announcement plans like that um i know that there was tales of the jedi announced but i feel like we already knew that a lot of that from celebration didn't we we knew that it was announced and at celebration we got those few images we got like a dooku uh concept art and the ahsoka and her mom thing wasn't there actual footage shown though already uh, or maybe Not at that weekend I think it might have been one of those situations where it was shown in the Tales of the Jedi panel, but not sent out to everybody else. Right, right, right. So. Yeah, that's kind of what I was imagining, because I, I, I watched the preview when it was released here, or maybe within a day or two of it being released, and I've, I, I've had that strange suspicion that we had seen this before. Did you go to the Tales of the Jedi panel? See, that's the other thing, is I don't think I did. I don't think you did either. I don't think I did. I think I would have, like, put myself in the stroller and just been like, I'm a child, look at me, I get to go in. 
We could uh, have probably gotten away with it, too. I mean, yeah, probably. If you have enough confidence, you can get away with pretty much anything. We got away with quite a bit that weekend. I feel like we should not have gotten away with. Shh, don't, don't tell anybody. It's too late. What are they going to do? Revoke our passes for the next one in London that I'm not going to? <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, no, I think... We we got those ideas um, for the trailer or from the trailer, uh, but we didn't actually get to see the real thing. And I hmm, I okay. would be interested. I haven't had a chance to talk with anybody who was at the panel if this was the same same thing that came out. Yeah, because we also got the Mandalorian season three preview, and it was less than what we saw. That was going to be one of my thing. questions. Yeah, was did was it the same thing? It was not the same. It was the footage in the trailer that was released at the D23 or via D23. I'm not really sure what the, the appropriate connection grammatically is between those two things. But the ones that they just put on the Internet, like in the past couple of weeks or so, was at least all taken from what I remember from the Mandalorian panel there. So none of the footage there was new, but there was definitely also stuff that was left out. The The footage we got to see at Celebration was maybe four and a half minutes long, I think. Was it really? It was a lot longer than you'd think. Okay. Um, it was between three and a half and four and a half minutes, if memory serves, because um, the trailer that was widely released left out a lot of him by himself and a lot of the him searching for uh is it mandalore the the planet he's searching for or something i'm not really sure what it was but there was more explanation of what he was doing and how he was looking to be become a mandalorian again and I, and I don't remember the, from the celebration trailer because it says something like, "In order to become a Mandalorian again, you have to be dipped in the waters of Mandalore itself." Is that something? Yeah, right? there's like a a well or something that she, uh, the armor the, talks about in Book right. of Boba Fett. So, oh, is that where that comes from? Yeah, I feel like that was maybe that was replayed or there was more detail about it, and then there's actual shots of him wandering through different. Uh, decrepit you know, areas and ruins and whatnot, trying to discover some way in which to, I don't know, really meet the letter of that particular law. I think I get the feeling from what we saw, you know, Mandalore or the Mandalorian has been much more of a uh, kind of like episode of the week kind of serial. It has an overarching story, but each week is, you know, a very different adventure. I get the feeling that this is going to be much more of a uh, Kenobi type book of Boba Fett type series where it's one mm-hmm. narrative that's spread out across the seven, eight, nine episodes, 10 episodes, whatever we get. Yeah. Th- that it's going to be hyper focused on that the Mandalore situation. And I know people have, you know, surmised maybe a, a Mandalorian civil war that's coming or fighting oh. for the, the freedom of the planet or whatever it may be. But just from. From that trailer we got at Celebration, uh, I I think, you know, that's going to be the centerpiece. And I don't really see a need to go, now that we have Grogu back and the whole band's back together, I don't really see a need to be bouncing around to all these different uh, adventures of the hmm. week when you're building know. to... Because here's the thing, you've got to remember what they're building to is Ahsoka and Mandalorian and, and all of these other shows are supposed to be building up to this climactic event. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. 
I mean, that's kind of, uh, this is like, I feel like we're approaching Stormtrooper Rebellion territory. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Stormtrooper Rebellion was never said by anybody official. And do you have anything in your mind that says these shows are all leading up to one major yeah. endgame issue John thing? John Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy said when they first released bah. Ahsoka coming out and Rangers of the New Republic and stuff, when that was supposed to be happening. Yeah, remember when that was going to be a thing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> remember when was Lando be- was getting a show? Yeah, what, that just fell off of the... Well, um, the, it all seems to be the, the common refrain has been scheduling issues as if no one can look at a calendar. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy is calendar backed. Uh, Rogue Squadron movie fell into calendar hell as well. So I, I, is, is this, we're rapidly approaching. Don't believe it exists until you see it on the screen. I think that's valid. My argument against that would be that's all on the film side. And Favreau and Filoni have a much uh, better handle on the TV side. From everything we've gotten, it, it's been a much better handle on the television side since the release of The Mandalorian. Of it seems like, when, yeah, they. I'll grant you that we they have learned on how to focus on certain tasks, like one at a time. But I really don't know that more than one at a time is something that the team is able to capably put forward. Like when I'm forming my ideas of, okay, what's the possibility of where these things could go i always try to think like all right they they're going towards some kind of end point where they're all going to converge together but you know now that you bring it up that way there's definitely an equal (laughs) chance that it doesn't happen yeah i just we know that something like high republic had a really good foundational plan where they have it broken up into three distinct phases, and there were kind of schedules put against those particular phases. Phase two should be starting in a couple of weeks, I think. And so I feel much more confident that that particular team has an idea of what the finish line looks like for their storytelling. Um, if the film and TV side want me to believe that, that's fine, but they need to do a better job of showing their work. Now, one thing I've, I've had to really remind myself is, and, and with as applies to this situation as to so many others there's still horrible effects from the pandemic that are affecting every major aspect of everything and so what might have begun under the best calendared approaches may have taken a, a horrific hit because of all the different shutdowns and lockdowns and people getting sick and things not being you know equipment just simply not being available and so uh, patience and grace as in all things um but man, I feel like maybe the issue. Do you think maybe the issue is communication, uh, or do I, you feel like we get appropriate? Not do we get all the updates we want, but do you think we get an appropriate amount of updates and information in a timely fashion? I feel like we get too many updates too early. Yep. Yeah, I think we've uh, all kind of felt that before. I think. It's one of those situations where, you know, at work when you you get an email about an email that's going to be coming through later that day, <laughs> it's like you could have just, you know, just not given me the anxiety yep. and just let the email show up and I could have dealt with the issue when it <laughs> happened. That's how I feel with a lot of the Star Wars stuff is, you know, like, so Bad Batch. I know you're not into Bad Batch, but you know I love it. It's fine. It kept, it, it got pushed back fine they announced a new mm-hmm. date i don't remember what the date was um mm-hmm. at celebration then all of a sudden it was andor got pushed back and i think 
Bad Batch was supposed to be September 24th, so it's, are they releasing them That's at the same true. time? Nobody was saying anything. So then, of course, you get all these articles coming out of what happened to Bad Batch? Is it canceled? Yeah. Are they? And then they just announced, you know, hey, we moved it to, I believe it's January now. I'm oh, fine wow. with that, except for you left all of this room when you knew the date was changing. Mm-hmm. Like, at least say, you know, we're pushing Andor back for, you know. Ooh, to, I think it was like three weeks they pushed it back. Yeah, right? and it could have it, it, it been anything. Thing. I just, I think they're too secretive about why they're doing it. That's mm. the problem. If you had said, we're putting the finishing touches on Andor, we want to ensure that it's the best thing, everything is fine, we're just really, like, doing it, you know, at a, a high level or whatever it may be, or we had practical sets and we need to reshoot some things for lighting, whatever it sure. may be. You don't have to go into super detail, but say, this is why we're doing it. We're pushing it three weeks back. Because of that, we've decided to push Bad Batch back to January. It's only a matter of circumstances that we can, everybody can focus on Andor, or on Andor and then uh, everybody can focus on Bad Batch. Cool. Fine. I'm good with that. But right. when you just push Andor back and then expect everybody to assume that Bad Batch is getting pushed back... And you leave it in the ether where you get all of the fans freaking out and everything of, oh, my God, what happened to Andor? And you get all these clickbait headlines. That's what creates a problem. And so I don't think they're intentionally making a problem, but via the negligence of not considering their actions, they are kind of mm -hmm. creating that firestorm. So I think it could – I think, like – I don't get why they're so secretive about things. Like, Marvel is not super secretive about everything. Like, there's some things, but Thanos was around for, like, eight years before we actually got Thanos. You know, it's just like, it. I think they overplay their hand, and I don't understand why, because George was never super secretive with Star Wars. Like, you think about the prequels, and, like, the entire books came out weeks before the movies. <laughs> like, the entire things were spoiled by the time you got there. And it was like, it's not the point. And I don't know. It's just, I think about Kenobi, and, like, there were not a ton of surprises in Kenobi. You didn't get a whole bunch of special appearances. You knew that you were going to see Hayden Christensen and, and Ewan McGregor back together. Yeah. You knew you were going to see Vader Kenobi. It didn't take anything away from the actual seeing of it. By knowing that it was coming. So I think there's moments that it's okay to have that. You know, I think if you, if everybody knew Ahsoka was coming at the end of season one of Rebels, that's a different situation. Or right, if you right. knew that's you were going to see Luke and Ahsoka yeah. on screen together, that's a different situation. But just saying, hey, we're adjusting the dates because of, like you said, COVID or production scheduling issues sure. or whatever it may be just just say, say so <laughs> I don't know, it's not that complicated to me i mean there's got to be a reason it's hard because otherwise i can't imagine a company that big would be that bad at their jobs right uh, i i try to give try to give them the benefit of the doubt it is yeah. one of those situations where it's a very intricate puzzle and we're yeah. looking at it you know from we have none outside. of the pieces. Not exactly. only do we have none of the pieces, we don't know what the picture looks like. Exactly. So it's very, you know, speculation is just not as much fun for me as, you know, I know a lot of people on the internet have a grand old time, but hey, well, I don't know. Speaking of speculation, I did want to ask you. <laughs> okay. Uh, because we got 
I'll do an my best. image from Skeleton Crew, uh, which is the Jude this, Law show, right? The Jude Law show, yeah. Okay. Uh, I hadn't really gotten the chance to ask you because when we were at Celebration, we were talking about so many other things. <laughs> do you have any thoughts about this show? Are you looking forward to it? Are you curious about it? Is it just on the schedule? Um, Jude Law is is attention worthy. Like that got my attention to say, oh, okay, this is. This is interesting, and it kind of rides along similar lines as when we get into talking about Andor that we'll come back and, and hit it again. But um, I don't know anything else about it. Like, it's about people in ships, right? Something like that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> do we have any kind of a two-sentence elevator pitch? Anything to go along with it? Because We have a logo. It's, it's, I'm sorry, say again? We have a logo. Cool. So did Lando. So did the droids show. So did Rangers of the New Republic. I forgot about the droids show. Oof. <sighs> yeah, it, I, it's. I, I feel like we may be slipping into too early. You know. <sighs> yeah, but I. I don't know. I. I feel like if you have Jude Law already committed, that's not somebody you can just get to come back and do it whenever. Like you've got to mm-hmm. be intentional if you're choosing to have an act- actor of that stature you know Ooh. come perform for you and you can't put him behind a helmet like you don't have to have pedro pascal at everything you're filming for mandalorian so that gives you some wiggle room right right you're showing jude law's well, face like they, it looks like the whole time yeah but it's kind of like when they released some of the first um cast pictures of rogue one and you had the whole gang together in that one rebel hangar, and even Saw Guerrero was in the picture. So we knew Forrest Whitaker was in it. So something like that was pretty interesting because it gave a significant amount of of confirmation that these guys are all in it. So and and to show them all in costume, all on set, gives us a sense of the level of production that had already been accomplished at that point, and that they were actively pushing things forward. I mean, you can give me a headshot of anybody and a logo that you pulled up in Microsoft Paint in 30 seconds, and that's not a show yet. That's a dream at that point. So, again, I'm sure the premise is going to be great. I'm sure it's going to be intriguing, and and I hope it's something that comes to be, but it's going to be one of those things until it's available for streaming on Disney Plus or whatever. You know, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Fool me once, shame on me. Shame, fool me twice, shame on shame, or something like that. <laughs> I kind of feel that way with Ahsoka. Not because I don't think it's going to happen, but it's one of those situations where it's, to me, it's almost too good to be true. Okay. We're getting the Rebels characters back. We're getting Ahsoka in live action. We're getting, you know, Dave Filoni essentially being able to do, you know, his his masterpiece if you will his thing you know like it's it's i felt good about like when we were at celebration and they had that 15 seconds of footage yeah like Like, i feel great about it yeah don't get me wrong but i almost like kind of like don't want to get my hopes up too high because i have oh i totally understand because you have you have such a stronger emotional investment in it than the average kind of viewer at this point who, so I, I can understand that kind of trepidation because you don't want to get the really, this could be really bad if it doesn't work out. 
and if it, if something happens and something goes wrong, and we have such a long way between here and episode one actually debuting, we don't know what that time frame looks like. But surely we're measuring it in the in terms of months and years, not weeks. So that level of distance from the actual thing, if we didn't have if we didn't have that introductory footage, I would have the same level of of confidence in that as I would the skeleton crew. It doesn't exist. You know, but we know that she's been on set. We know that she's been walking through doorways. We know she's been wistfully looking towards the sky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. she's been on a ship. Um, we have a lot of theories about she's what been that. on the ship. Well, okay, maybe, right? Yeah, maybe, one, right? It's one of those things. Don't extrapolate too much. Yeah, and and you know? yeah, a little bit of restraint is going to go a long way. And we, as internet denizens, do not have a strong track record with self restraint. <laughs> There's levels to to it, right? Okay. You have a character like Ahsoka. You have a character like Boba Fett. Somebody that is really like in the hearts of the people. I don't think you make an announcement about that level, that tier of character, until you know 100% this is happening. With Skeleton Crew, you could kind of do that. You could make announcements and then go, oh, whoops, didn't work out. And it's like, we're sure. It's like Rangers of the New Republic. Rain, Man, that's exactly sure what been I was cool. thinking. You know? Whereas if you, if you mess up an Ahsoka show, if you mess up you know, something from a spinoff of, of Clone Wars, like the Barris Offy like returns show or something like that. <laughs> you're you're gonna be hearing it for years. You're gonna lose viewers and fans and stuff and you're gonna really disillusion the ones that are still there. And yeah, so that's a dangerous yeah, line. Yeah. Yeah, you run the risk of alienating the most vocal of proponents. And that's gonna that can turn against you kind of quickly, but maybe, yeah, I don't for know. Sure. We'll have to see. I mean, just kind of take it e- take it easy, take it one step at a time. High Republic Phase Two is starting up, so that's gonna help really. Um, that's really what I'm looking forward to the most. Well, and I'm very like rested and refreshed and ready for High Republic Phase Two because okay. Lindsay and I were talking about this. How it's really nice that we're getting these drops of High Republic, and then we get a break where we get all these different one-off books. And then we're going to get High Republic and then there'll be more. I like this new structure that it seems that they have because it's kind of like, you know, I enjoy High Republic, but if you spend too much time in one thing, you kind of need a palate cleanser. And so being able to go, you know, read High Republic and then go to read something so different like Shadow of the Sith is really it gave me that break that I needed where you know you anticipate and you want to see those characters again and you're waiting for those stories and everything like that so i'm very excited for that hmm have you uh forward to it have you finished any more of shadow of the sith but i picked up like one more chapter since you and i have talked okay okay i'm 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 toiling with um I'm toying with listening to you and you and uh, Lindsay's conversation about it. And then I also have been toying with the idea of listening to the larger view of the force review of it. Um, Cause I know Devorah has been very vocal about his support of it and how good of a book it was. And I was like, Oh no, no, really? I mean, <laughs> oh, no, what I, do I, I can do? legitimately say you are the only detractor I've heard with regards. to Well, this I mean, that well, is kind of the brand. 
but <laughs> listen, none of this is on purpose. It's not like I was like, oh, people like this book. I must automatically hate it. It's <laughs> not. I understand that's an easy conclusion to draw because the evidence might suggest that. However, it's not true. I swear. I actually, dude, I used you to help teach a concept of, uh, you know, how oh, we identify, <laughs> with, how we identify like what books we like to read and stuff. And I talked about uh, you and I and Ronan and how different uh. our opinions were. <laughs> And, <sighs> and so, no, no, no. Here's the thing. I was like, is my friend's view of the book wrong or is my view of the book wrong? And they're like, nobody's was wrong. And I was like, that's exactly the point. That's incorrect, people. Your teacher well, is wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I can't stand in front and tell them that. You got to pretend you know what you're doing. It's all on the lesson plan. I'll, I'll record a little video and send it to you and you uh, can play yes, it for them. Because that's what I want to do in my classroom is just come up and they've got pasted your face on the overhead. <laughs> Greetings, future citizens of America. <laughs> it is I, the disembodied voice you've never heard before, whose opinion the matters Drew a great Brett. deal. <laughs> oh man! Follow me stuff. on Twitter. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Don't you like these books? Wouldn't you like more? Oh man! Steal Good your stuff. parents' credit cards. Duh, don't do that. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. I don't want that on my conscience. But. Borrow them gently and then return them. Maybe. I don't know. With permission. Sure. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. we That's what we do here. We do reason. Yeah, that sounds like us. Reason and, and rationality. <laughs> so let's go ahead and take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we are going to delve into Andor and uh, what we want to see, what we're looking forward to. And I have a little bit of a plot twist for Drew. Oh, no. This was not part of our production meeting. It, it was, though. I texted you. <laughs> All right. Well, you weren't supposed to say that. Oh, okay. This is not necessarily a show for little kids. This is like kind of a serious take on, um, I mean, I could see already you're drawing some parallels to the real world as it compares to the, to the yeah. Death Star. And um, it's really <laughs> more of an, a, a, is it fair to say, an adult Star Wars show? I would say like a complex show because my son loves it. My, my, gotcha. my daughter loves it. So I, I don't think, I think it's about people that want uh, complexity, yeah, and, and uh, there's so many layers in the show. Sometimes it's, uh, it's, it brings the adventure and action you want to see in Star Wars, but also it becomes very dark and political. Mm -hmm. It's a, a spy thriller. Uh, it gets very intimate into the life of these people. We have 12 episodes in this first chunk. Right, you know, 12 episodes. And you're out. releasing the first three at once, right? Three. Yeah. First three at once. Well, it's like a film, the whole thing, you know? It, it, it's, it, it'll be like an hour and, no, like, yeah. Well, it'll be like a film, uh -huh. basically, yeah. a good chunk. But also, it's important for us uh, that you get to see three episodes so you understand the, what we're aiming for, I see. you know? I got it's, you. Uh, it's, it's a lot of new characters, new planets. And, uh, and again, it's, uh, it's about spice. So there's a lot of information and complexity. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. I think is there tequila in space? <laughs> I made sure there is. You yeah, made yeah, sure yeah. there is, yeah. Uh, it's time. We're going to talk about it. Andor comes out this week. Uh, at the time of this release, and uh, we're just going to have a really fun discussion about it. We talked a couple episodes ago about the unsung heroes of the rebellion and uh, some of the people that uh, impacted the story that could be told here and some of the things that we were looking forward to in Andor. But tonight, we are going to focus exclusively on the new series. So, 
Drew, before I give you the plot twist, Uh-oh. where's your head at with Andor right now? How are you feeling? Mm. What are you looking forward to? No, don't even get into what you're looking forward to. We'll save that. How are you okay. feeling about this? What's your What's your mindset right now? Well, I am of two minds right now. Um, and it comes off, coming off of the heels of Kenobi has been different because it's not where I thought I would come out. Like, I've been a lot more lukewarm on Kenobi than I thought I was going to be. Uh, and a lot more so than voices I've seen out there, you know, people who have been reviewing it and enjoying it, which is great. It's, it's a good show. But I was just kind of surprised at the tone that um, I was left with at the end. So Andor falls into the category of things taking place, you know, as the rise of the Empire. And I got to thinking about how often we're seeing things take place in that time frame in the past 10, 15 years, probably. And I feel like we've got a lot of stuff in that time frame. Um, maybe not as much as other time frames. That's that's fair, but I'm I'm concerned about what story they're looking to tell at this point. Like, I've watched the origin, like the first trailer, maybe the second trailer that they came out. But I've kind of taken a page out of your playbook, Brandon, where I've just kind of stayed away from promotional videos and pictures now for this one because I. A, I don't really know what they're going to do with this. And I don't really want to be told what they're doing it until they do it. Like, I'd rather go in a little bit more cold than than other things. Like, I feel like Kenobi, we went in all having this grand expectation of what it was going to be with him and Luke. And we were, that was switched out. And that was fine. It was good. But by the end of the series, I wasn't entirely convinced we had seen anything new and original to the series that justified as much time and effort as went into it. So I'm kind of like... Now I am concerned about that happening again in the Andor series, which is a shame because of how much I loved Rogue One, right? Um, big fan of it. But it's one of probably in the top four or five Star Wars films um, out of the 11. But I just worry about this tendency to go back and try and tell a story about a character we already met and we know how they resolve. So the question of how do they get to where they were when we first met them is an interesting question, but I'm concerned about just what they're going to be able to actually add to the character. Like I want it to be worthy of the character. Like the Queens trilogy books did an excellent job. I think it's probably, I would say the highlight of this kind of idea of let's go back and tell the in-between story about a character who we know where they come from and where they end up. I think that one did the absolute best job of those things. Now, I am also looking forward to it, though, because Tony Gilroy, like Tony Gilroy came in and at the end of Rogue One and really, I think, stitched together the best ending of that particular story. Uh, I think he's got a great or he's got a, a really good track record with things, you know, projects he has worked on. Um, the Bourne movies are not my favorite breed of film, but it's not the storyline that bothers me. It's the the way in which they try and capture that frenetic energy. I don't enjoy watching that, but that's not a Tony Gilroy issue. That's a different issue. So when I think about the things that Tony Gilroy has been involved with, you know, Michael Clayton was an excellent film from back in the day. Rogue One, I was a big fan of. Haven't seen everything else he's done, but he's done enough from a writer's perspective and from a directing perspective He's done a lot more writing than he's done directing for sure. Um, I really like it. And I think if his past work is indicative of his strengths, then, and, and if they are indicative of what 
he would excel in writing going forward, I think it's going to be a really nice spy thriller kind of show, and I'm down with that. And so I'm kind of excited that the actual what we're watching is going to be worthwhile, even if maybe it doesn't develop Cassian as a character. I almost wonder if the story is not going to be about him himself, like alone. I think it's, I would anticipate it to be more about the char- the people around him. Um, more James Bond movie and, and less, mm, I don't even know, because Kenobi was so Kenobi focused. Maybe more James Bond, less, less Obi-Wan Kenobi. Does that make sense? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's a lot, but it's kind of, I, I, I haven't been this cautious about a, a new project in the Star Wars universe in a while, so I'm in a little uncomfortable territory. Yeah, I think my biggest thing is, you know, you, you talked about we, we're getting a lot of stories in this Dark Times era, Yeah, and especially, you know, for me with Rebels, I love Rebels mm-hmm. so much, and they do so much for the Rebellion and building the Rebellion, it's almost my question is how are we not going to kind of tread the same waters that we've done exactly before? like how many times i was kind of coming up with a list of how many times we've seen a story that's about the birth of the rebellion you know you have four seasons of rebels you have the queen's trilogy which deals with that a little bit you have the original revenge of the sith deleted scenes leia princess of alderaan deals with that from what i remember even solo <laughs> solo itself towards the end starts to talk about the birth of the rebellion, but even like Kenobi, like we just got through a show that deals with, you know, individual cells that are operating for an overthrow of the government. So, well, even I mean, you, you think about, you know, uh, a new dawn cat. Yeah, also on the list. Too. Um, you, you have a lot of, of those stories out there. And I think, it is one of those situations where it's kind of like after Return of the Jedi, you know, it's ripe for storytelling. And it had been so long, you know, that people basically weren't allowed to tell stories there. It exactly. kind of like the new shiny toy. So in a weird way, I kind of hope Andor is the last thing we get during this time yeah. for a while. Yeah, I'm with but, you on that. I hope that there's there's a lot of opportunity for cross-referential um, action and whatnot. So there can be a lot of dealings with rebels. Like what's, what's the, the commander? Is it Saito? I think uh, from rebels commander. Su- he, he, Sato. He's in charge. Commander Sato? Sato. Yes. I would expect him to be at least name dropped at one point. I would expect Hera, um, and or Kanan to get name dropped at some point. Um, I mean, I there's a lot of opportunities for stuff two. here. I, I think season one, maybe everything's still too, Separated. Yeah, I mean, it's a little ambitious, but I mean, there's no reason. Well, I can't say no reason, but it seems like the show from what limited information I've allowed myself to be exposed to takes place maybe two to three years prior to the Battle of Yavin, you know, somewhere between one and three years in that time frame, because it has to lead up to Rogue One. Well, it doesn't have to lead up to Rogue One, but we know it can't go past where Rogue One is. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, well, kind of like a, a we didn't hard see a body. stop. Well... Again, I think you could argue we did see it in very tiny <laughs> little pieces. I mean, not to be too um, grim about it, but yeah, their <laughs> their shadows are there. They they were <laughs> they were. I think you start kind of like five years out. I think is what it is, and then progress through the timeline. Um, yeah, it's gonna be 
it'll be interesting to see how they pull it off. I think we're obviously going to get a much more adult take on things, and I don't necessarily mean that it's going to be dark and gritty and gory like people I always want not, Star Wars yeah. to be. But you're not going to have your episodes with AP5 floating in space singing <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> like, you're not going to have an entire episode of Zeb battling a droid. That Those are, those are things you get on a kid show, and there's elements of them that are are great um in those those more childish you know episodes of rebels and clone wars and stuff that doesn't make them not enjoyable but no, the tone is for different. their audience that's exactly what the audience that's what so, they were going for so Until speaking of audience crowd. drew i decided mm-hmm. okay that it would be fun tonight oh for me to watch the trailer live Oh wow! Okay. So since you, I was, I was going to watch the one that just got released a couple days ago, but since you decided not to watch that one, <laughs> you threw my plot twist for a plot twist. Ha ha! Got him. Zig when they zag. So I've, I've seen the teaser from Celebration. I have just been so surrounded with Andor content. Going to see Rogue One. I ended up accidentally seeing some stuff. Uh, some stuff <laughs> popped up in the football game the other day. So I decided, you know, I've kind of already got a, a good idea of the little bits and pieces. For those of you who want to play it long at home, <laughs> I will do a little countdown. And when I say punch it, nice. you're going to start. This is video. the YouTube video that's named Andor. And it has the bar, official trailer, another bar, Disney Plus, uh, released one month ago. 8.9 million views, 240K likes, and I don't know, have a number for dislike, so hot dog. Good uh, job, guys. And I will link the No one disliked it. And no one no one disliked it. Universally. No beloved, one has ex- as absolutely. all Star Wars is. Absolutely. Makes and I sense. will I'll link this in the show notes if anybody wants to watch along. Oh, with that's this, too so. easy. Gotta make them work for it. Okay. Well you make it hard, I make it easy. It's kind of that's a true. good that's cop true. bad cop thing. All right. That's true. Three, two, one punch it this is exciting that reminds me of octo okay yeah it's not what i was thinking i'm gonna put this in bigger format so i can actually see things going on okay definitely tell us what you're seeing rebels vibes there okay to steal from the empire yep this is definitely an audio format we're enjoying you just walk in like you belong they're so proud of themselves. Okay. So fat and satisfied. Are you seeing things? Is it exciting? That's I'm assuming that's a young Cassian that we're seeing oh, going to into the Empire. Sand too. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Cassian Ander. <laughs> the Empire is choking us so slowly. This is definitely we're the way Disney wanted us to uh, enjoy this trailer, by the way. What I'm asking is this. Wouldn't you rather give it all? He is a very handsome man. Okay, it still has a September 21 date. I need all the heroes. You can definitely tell the practical sets on this one. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of those. Let's call it war. Okay, Saw. There's my man. It's fermenting out there, Saw. I don't know who that gentleman is with the well-defined jaw, but... I have a theory, and it's not a, not a super great one, but I have a theory. Are you a fish? Or are you a thief? You're 
slippy. <laughs> Mr. Skarsgård, I'm not sir. slippy. I've just been hiding for too long. What's great is that I can barely hear it through your side of the internet because I have it muted on my side. That's a good chance they'll miss what I'm really doing. And it's pretty well synchronized up. (laughs) Building a rebellion is what she's doing. Yeah, man. This is what revolution looks like. Wow. Things are zipping. People are getting shot at. People are running. See, there's some James Bond-ish things going on. Very reminiscent of Golden for the seven people out there who remember that movie like me. All right, so that is that. Nice. Um, I don't hear you crying. I don't hear any exclaiming uh, obscenities or anything. No, it's definitely not bad. Not bad at all. Um, okay. I think there's a lot of validity to what you were saying about it's going to be focused on the characters around Cassian. Makes because, sense, right? Yeah. Right. Like, I feel like that trailer really built up uh, the characters around him, and he's kind of the linchpin, the the fulcrum, if you will, uh, nah. for which he, for, you know, everybody coming together. Um, and, and I like the idea of how much do of our true selves do we show and how much of it do we hide back and what's the cost-benefit ratio of that, you know? Like, if mm-hmm. we're acting... Out of anger and aggression, even if that is our true emotion at that time, is that the most beneficial thing? Um, and that that's something that it looks like it's going to be dealing with there. What what kind of stuff, when you, when you saw the trailer, what kind of stuff stuck out to you? I, I like the... Well, I'll, I'll get to the guy with the well-defined jawline. Because um, I, I, rec- I don't recognize who it is. Like, I don't know the actor's name. So I can't really tell you who it is but i can tell you he bears a resemblance to star killer the protagonist from the force unleashed video games mm, yeah i'm wondering if we'll get some kind of a association there because for anyone who hasn't played those games but is interested in playing those games you need to skip forward 30 seconds because i'm about to spoil it uh the main character that you play as star killer turns and joins the rebellion and his family crest is the starbird that ends up being the Rebel Alliance symbol. And he dies on the table or whatever. But you meet Leia and you meet a couple of the other... Like, I think you meet Mon Mothma at the end of the game, too. So he becomes kind of the figurehead of the fledgling rebellion in that era. Now, that story doesn't count for much anymore because that's just something squirreled away in the Legends category. But it's really hard to deny how closely he that... that particular gentleman resembles the character from the game um who was voiced by the same guy who does darth maul now yeah sam whitwer and sam he, whitwer he, he it looks I mean, like him <laughs> it looks like it would be like a high school version of him like yeah it looks like a younger. de-aged version right but and, they also modeled the character in the game after sam whitwer himself yeah so well, not trying to draw conclusions, but I, you know, with we didn't even bring up when we were talking about like the the time in between uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. We didn't even bring up Bad Batch because they show a lot of um, the tr- well, not a lot of, but one of the focuses is the transition from the clone troopers to the stormtroopers. True, and 
I don't know if you remember this particular aspect, but there's one point when you see some of the new recruits like having a conversation about, you know, believing in the empire and it gives them opportunity that the republic never gave them and stuff that you really see this true believers idea um that of course you know they the propaganda is trying to get people to believe to get them to be a part of of the empire and i got those kind of vibes from from that guy uh from the blonde imperial i'm assuming she's isb uh because Mm. that's usually what the white uniform is thrown aside uh yeah so there's some yeah if it is a spy thriller like i want it to be isb because i think that's kind of would be it would make sense for that to be the foil to the spies yeah it would make a really interesting kind of like cat and mouse style which i think is it would be a good idea because you know rogue one was such a good heist movie like to insert the kind of genre flick into the star wars uh blueprints would be an interesting thing i think for us to see that would kind of take it outside the realm of the swashbuckling adventures that we've been used to for so many films and, and shows, you know, you know, have the Western imprint on the Mandalorian really changed the flavor of it and made it something uh, stand out. And I really liked that. I think that was a great and interesting way to do it. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, I would say wanted to be a gangster movie. I think it was as gangster as Disney was comfortable going you know, we were never going to get the Godfather with blasters and rancors. So maybe we had our expectations set a little bit high there, Lindsay. But so this one might be kind of like your uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or, well, I mean, Goldeneye feels like a really apt comparison at the moment because we have uh, we have similar set pieces where, you know, Bond has to jump down the side of the dam in order to break into the facility. And, and we, we see literally guys jumping down ropes against what looks like a damn wall. Yeah. So it, it's not unreasonable. But again, I, it's, a, it's a good movie. Holds it, up mostly. Think almost. About, thinking about like what you were saying there and then what I just saw, I feel like Enemy of the State would be a good analogy uh, yeah. for what I'm expecting here. Just because it is an important, vital story that has gigantic implications, but it's also very close to the characters you know the cat and mouse idea it's very um tight almost you know like when i envision what andor is going to be i don't see kind of the big shots of like scarif and stuff where you see the entire rebels fighting i see shaky cams you know running right Mm -hmm. next to cassian kind of thing not that i'm expecting that but when you think about the feel that's the kind of feel that I I get that we're going I to get. I completely here. agree. Yeah, that is definitely the vibe that this trailer and and other things uh, associated with it have given off. Is kind of that you know the, the sense of danger around every corner, and not danger in a fun way, but danger in like a scary. Any any bad guy you run into could be the last one you run into. Kind of feeling. Yeah, for sure. I. Uh I'm 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 excited about this. I don't know if this trailer got me more <laughs> excited about this simply because I went and saw Rogue One in the theater again and I don't know if much more could have gotten me more excited for for this <laughs> than than that. That was insane. That's such a good movie. Getting to see it's it in so IMAX good. dude and the whole room shaking during the Battle of Scarif. Absolutely just fantastic. But I guess what kind of things in rogue one things that were set up or ideas themes whatever it may be do you want to see 
the Andor series kind of build up to, if anything? Hmm. Boy, that's tough. Um, there are things that I'm hoping it will give us. I don't know necessarily that they are associated with Rogue One directly, but I'm hoping for one of three new things. Um, there, I think there would, it would be good to have either a new perspective of what we already know, kind of like the way Lost Stars did a really interesting job of reinterpreting events we were already familiar with, but looking at them from a different direction. So kind of a new perspective on you know, the way in which the Empire... Like, like you were talking about with Bad Batch, right? You have moments where there are starting to be the new believers, and I think that's something interesting to really dive into and how they can be co-opted by the autocrats or you know just general what i don't want to see is just mustache twirling villains who are you know as much as i love general grievous and you know that i do oh yeah Love His style of bombastic villainy is not something that's appropriate here. So I'm almost imagining... Did you watch Chernobyl on HBO? No, I didn't. I've heard <sighs> it's really good. You really got to do that. It's really good. But I'm kind of imagining the Russian leadership in that show who know there there's a massive problem, but they cannot admit to it because it would jeopardize the position that the government holds themselves in like they're trying to keep up the facade so so much that they're willing to literally let a nuclear power plant burn to the ground and kill everyone (laughs) and they're not even willing to bend under that even when the world already knows the truth and that that the cat's out of the bag and so i feel like the empire will hit that breaking point of we are a fascist regime and everyone at the top knows it but how long can we hold things together and keep ourselves in power and maintain that power without those who are being subjugated and oppressed underneath take the opportunity to rise up and against? And so it's encouraging of that belief in the empire and trying to do some kind of good. So some kind of perspective on that would be fascinating, I think, to watch. The way in which the empire tries to sell itself to the general public, as it were. And I think that's spot on because I do remember Diego Luna talking about how this is a Star Wars story in that it's timeless, you know, and speaks to these larger themes, but it's also specifically designed for the world we live in today, which I know some interesting statement, yeah. But seeing the trailer and listening to what you were saying there, um, I think that's an idea that needs to be discussed because yeah we, we do have large swaths of people uh in in many different arenas who are blindly believing something that they're told and the evidence is coming out that those things are no longer true and they're unwilling to see that and be willing mm-hmm. to change even when they know they're hurting the people around them and they know that they're damning the children of the next generation all of these things right yeah and i so i think you know star wars is supposed to be inspiring it's supposed to be a fairy tale but when you look at the hero's journey you know that is you know kind of the holy grail of what star wars is based <laughs> upon it's about challenging your identity and growing beyond your culture to improve your culture that's yeah. part of the hero's journey and so we're not going to get cassian's full experience of the, uh, you know here because obviously rogue one is going to have to 
you know, actually, I was going to say Rogue One has to be like the peak of casting Andor, but I don't know if it has to be. Well, and, and like he, his character doesn't evolve in a hugely diametrically opposed from where he begins manner. Like he starts off as as a, um, you know, as a wet worker for the rebellion. And that's fine. And honestly, he ends his journey there too. But I think his motivations change from a from a cold, disconnected, just following orders, ma'am, kind of mentality at the beginning to looking for something to really fight for. Like he doesn't have a personal connection to fight for that is made clear in the film. Like he says he's been in this fight since he was six years old. But that's literally the only explanation that we have within the context of the film. So he may have had a personal connection, like a revenge connection, but and that's probably something we'll see more of in his show. And I imagine, you know, a love lost or family or something since he was six years old. It's hard to imagine him losing somebody other than family. And then he joins up with the rebellion in order to seek revenge. But after a successful mission of revenge, he's probably going to go through the the feelings of of the hollowness of of executing his revenge and how it doesn't really solve. He still feels awful, but now he's become this person who takes lives. And so he becomes this machine and Jin helps to restore his humanity in that he sees in her what's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for saving somebody else's family too. So I think that's kind of, if I were going to plot a, a course for a character's journey, that's kind of where the frame of reference I would start with. The second thing I would hope to see is a brand new story. Give us something we haven't seen before. Like, I don't want to be sneaking in, stealing plans for a battle station. <laughs> yeah. We've been there. We've done that. Um, we've rescued friends from gangsters. Um, we've also uh, hidden secret plans and pulled old heroes out of the shadows for one last adventure. So let's not retread any of that ground. Let's find something new to different. The last thing I think that would be cool to see, and this is kind of what, what I was having the most fun thinking about, is a new threat. Give us something other than Darth Vader and the Death Star. And I feel like we'll be heading in the right direction. If you can help, maybe there's, this is where they start the plans for superstar destroyers or, you know, Thrawn is already, Thrawn has not yet disappeared at this point in the storytelling from my understanding of how rebels works. Is that right? Cause that would be correct. Ezra yeah. takes Thrawn on the little space well jump. And basically, Rogue One almost starts immediately. Uh, Is that right? Like, how close are those two events? I think it would be going off of just, like, my gut and things I remember about a year difference, maybe less. Oh, really? Okay, so there's a little bit of opportunity for gaps. But where we start Andor is definitely before we see Thrawn in Rebels. Okay. I'm almost, like, 100% sure... Of that so Exactly how far, I don't know. And if we are to believe that there are going to be be these connections between series and series and series, like, you know, Mando Season 2 had the Ahsoka episode in order to test the audience's acceptance of a live-action Ahsoka and potentially push that character forward. It went well, she gets a show. Um, Same kind of thing with Boba Fett. He was teased in Season 1, confirmed in Season 2, he gets his own show. Kind of, not necessarily as a result of Season 2, but because they'd already known at that point they were going to do it. But there's this there's this light interconnectivity between the different series and it would make sense if you're going to do that in, you know, each step, 
you have a connection from Andor into something like Mando season three or Ahsoka, and that would be an easy one to do. I mean, the man in blue. And red eyes. I'm not a huge Thrawn fan, so I'm not really even looking forward to him that much in Ahsoka. <laughs> uh, now come on, but really? oh, no, no, I just. To you me, liked him in, in Rebels, though. I, I liked him well enough. He's the least interesting oh. villain to me in Rebels. Oh. But, hold on. That's also hmm. because the books were coming out at the same time that yeah. just gave me a really sour taste in my mouth. You so, kind of went, yeah, you do- dove into those things and kind of consumed them as fast as possible. I wonder I, if you got overloaded. I, I And I... And I think that there was a, a, a separation between what was the Thrawn they were trying to create in the TV shows, which was a newer and more dynamic Thrawn with still the same elements, <laughs> but more modernized. And then you have on the books, you have, you know, Timothy Zahn just doing the same thing over and over again. And so I'm really hoping with Thrawn that they do something new with him. And I think that having, you know, we're now post empire and obviously you can't have heir to the empire. So you can kind of go have fun with it. Um, and so if it were to be in the long run, like setting up something like that, I would be okay with it, but I don't know if Thrawn himself necessarily fits in here, especially when you clearly have some other Imperials that you're going to be spending some time. Yeah, that's on. true. But you know, even the Kenobi trailer had Luke in it. Leia was a secret until the episode actually dropped a lot. If we go back and look at the trailers for these shows individually, Mando season one, season two, Boko Boba Fett, Kenobi. Uh, am I missing any live action ones? I don't mm-hmm. think so. No, the trailers by and large only take place in the first two episodes, right? They don't give us a lot of, the big bads yet. And, and by, by in that way, I mean, think about the trailers for Mando season two. They didn't have the dark troopers in there. The dark troopers ended up being a serious problem for the gang towards the end of the show. Um, I don't even know if Moff Gideon was in the, the, the trailers for season one. That would be an interesting thing to go back and look at, but certainly I don't think he was, I don't think so either. At least not a front on shot. I can't imagine. Yeah. I think there's like maybe a shot of like, him as he's walking away from camera, like you see his boots yeah. in the bottom of his cape, something like that, like some kind of villain shot like that. But so if we apply the same kind of logical principles, which you can't always do 100%, so I'm not saying, you know, go to the bank with this one and take a loan in it because it's not collateral. But those that trailer you just watched and we all uh, experienced you watching, I guess, <laughs> is probably... We'll, because if we're getting three episodes on that day one release, we'll have seen every bit of that footage. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's crazy to think about. It really oh, is. So that makes me, honestly, makes my stomach hurt a little bit. To think about <laughs> we'll have seen the entirety of that trailer. And it's like, oh, okay, sure. Great. Why not? Let's just do it. Let's roll. I mean, man, it definitely, you know, it's a way to get people excited. That's what, you know, trailers obviously sure. are. And so, you know, you've got to remember going in. Like, I, as I was watching it, I was thinking, the music's really cool. And I was like, yeah, but trailer music's always really cool. Like, yeah, it's never remember what happened in Solo? <laughs> hey, I like the Solo soundtrack. Calm down. Now. But do you remember the trailer? Yeah. Yeah. With the this clicking. is what I'm talking about. Oh, man, that was a great. grunge guitar, you know, oh, fade in. Dude, 
And so, we were all kind of like, well, at least I was really excited. I thought we were going to have a new music. Anyway, we're not talking about solos today. No, 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 no. But although we could, because Enfys Nest, as a member of the Fledgling Rebellion, I mean. That could be. That, that feels like something that would be more natural for really? what's going on with the Indo- because I feel like this one is much more a Coruscant based show from, you know, but you have, you have those, uh, those people look very primal. Um, you have the young, what I'm assuming is the young Cassian in like, right, right. Cut up rain gear that he clearly just like pulled off of somebody, you know, you, you have those vibes of, of a, a tribe kind of, um, left alone for a long time. And now the empire's, coming or something of that nature um of of these people who were abandoned and that's kind of what emphasis nest crew is is these people who were abandoned and hurt by you know the the crime syndicate so i don't know if it necessarily would be like she's in it all the time oh but I no wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised that. if it was a, a cameo situation and you know maybe that's the thing that sets up the emphasis nest show you know who knows oh, um I would be here for it. No, okay, you have to let me know how it goes. The the one thing that I guess stood out to me the most, if, if I'm going to talk about something that I am trepidatious about, it actually goes back to <laughs> what you were talking about earlier of t- tell us a new story, is yeah. there's so much of Cassian in imperial clothes in that trailer, mm-hmm. the hat and everything. So obviously we're going to to get that, right? We're going to see that. There's some kind of sneakiness going on. Yes. My hope would be that it if if we're thinking that it's going to be, you know, all of that is in the first 3 episodes. Cassian starts the series and we see him join the Imperial army like we saw oh, Solo man. do. Not because he believes in the Imperial Army, because he has his own desires, right? He thinks he can single-handedly get his revenge and infiltrate and get back at the Empire by, you know, going through the inside. Right. And he gets noticed, and that's what gets him pulled out. And, no, you need to be over here with the Rebellion. Um, because it would be kind of a reverse of what we have with uh, with Han in Solo. You know, he, he joins it for his own gain versus Cassian joining for his revenge and Cassian gets pulled into the good fight and Solo gets pulled into the selfish crime syndicate side of things. Mm, So it would just be, you know, I don't think it would be a direct parallel that they intentionally set up, but I think it could be cool to take this idea that they're clearly, you know, this, this situation that we've seen before that they're clearly uh, bringing up again and putting a new twist on it. Uh, I can not help but think about another young gentleman who was an Imperial flight pilot until he defected and joined the Rebellion. Oh, yeah. I love Hobbs. Yeah, he'll definitely be in here. <sighs> Hobbs? Do you mean Javi? Yeah, I call him Hobbs. We're friends. <laughs> All right. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. I was, I was thinking of Biggs Darklighter personally. Not so I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure in Legends that's his story. I mean, it, he was, it literally is Wedgie and Tilly's story. I know. I was going to just leave the leave the Holy One's name unspoken. Um, but you're all going to bring it out there, so I'm good with that, too. I mean, he's 
he's got to be too young at this point because when you see him in Rebels, he can't be more than like 18, 19. I don't know. That's a hard one. I mean, and the time frame for Rebels doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Every time I think, about, I try and think about like how that show lines up like chrono- chronologically, my brain just goes like, nah, this ain't worth the effort. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a chart. I'm sure the internet has a chart that's that has like a minute by minute accounting of <laughs> when the shows well, and then, the episodes take place. Then take the the Thrawn books, the the first trilogy, and fit them in between the little cracks in. because oh. apparently Thrawn was like just zooming around the galaxy, going everywhere. I suppose you really have to take like the whole time is relative kind of thing based on planets and space and whatnot, like the interstellar approach. Yeah. And really only use it when it makes sense. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I, I think Cassian will be much more. Well, they've even said, like, I don't remember specifically what the timeline is, but they've said season one covers. I think, I think it's a year. Is it a year? And then season two is going to cover like the next five or something like that. Oh, I don't remember that. That's getting okay. really. That's getting a little bit more speculative than I remember. Yeah, I feel like but, they had said the first season was a year. Okay, so I feel like they they have a very intentional timeline. You know, like we were talking about earlier, um, mm-hmm. that that's something that needs to happen to make stories really, really effective. Um, so I I don't know. I feel like they've done nothing. The nothing but push this further and further forward and promote it more and more um it's literally everywhere you know like i I, (laughs) even trying to avoid the trailers i'm like not able to avoid the trailers and so i think that is a statement to the belief that they have behind it because with everything else they have coming out on disney plus between marvel and the success of mandalorian and Things like, you know, even like Hocus Pocus 2 has people excited coming out. <laughs> people are coming to Disney Plus. You know, people are leaving Netflix. They're going to HBO Max. They're going to Disney Plus. They're going to Peacock. So this is one of those stories where you could just like put it on there and it'd get, without a lot of promotion, it would get pretty decent, you know, ratings. People like Rogue One. It's going to be a solid show. You know, it's, it, Kids are going to be able to watch it, you know, but adults will be able to watch it. But they're really putting the engine behind the story that they're telling here. And that, to me, that says a lot of about what we are going to see in this series. And it has me really excited. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of good opportunity. And I'm sure that what we get will be different from what we expected. But we gotta just got to remember to be open to different ideas and things, you know. I, yeah. And. and That'll be fun. And I think kind of my, my final thought is, you know, the thing that I am really excited about is I love Rogue One so much that I'm excited for this series. And I have no doubt, you know, they've got the pieces in place to make it really good Star Wars. But even if it's a situation where it's kind of just like mid-level Star Wars for me in terms of how much I enjoy it. Mm. I still feel like I'm going to be satisfied with that. Not because the bar is set low, but because of what you kind of were talking about earlier of even if we don't get a good story, what we get on screen is going to be enjoyable to watch. Yeah, absolutely. If we get that good story, if we get those new elements, if we get the great acting and music and set pieces and all of the stuff that you know really elevates things like The Mandalorian and... Uh, Last Jedi and things of that nature, you know, season seven of Clone Wars. If we get all of that, 
this show is going to be top tier level stuff. And that's really exciting to think about. Absolutely. Big fan. Right. We'll so see. any closing thoughts before we uh, wrap up for the evening? Um, I just think the last thing I would look forward to is if, if I was going to be able to put any one particular element in here, I would put Tamora Morrison in as Captain Rex somehow, somewhere. That would be very cool. My wild pitch would be Dr. Afra. Wow. Good idea. Everybody's been asking for an Afra show, you know. She helps him with a heist in one episode, and next thing you know, you've got mm. Indiana Jones in space on Disney+. Plus. Nice call. I like that idea. Could be really cool. But we will see. We will soon know. Have to uh, wait patiently. A couple days uh, as this episode is being released. So next time we talk to uh, each other and to you guys, it will be after seeing... Uh, the first three episodes of Andor. So we will be covering that uh, between all of our shows. Uh, of course, Sith Talk will cover more of the episode-by-episode episode basis, and uh, Drew and I will will do a season recap, as will Mark, and we'll have all other uh, Andor content coming out uh, right here on the feed. So make sure you're, you're tuned in to that. And also make sure, uh, you know, we teased it a little bit earlier, but our Patreon, uh, we are sending books to to classrooms across the country star wars books into kids hands uh we we got the privilege of helping out uh with uvaldi and we've been able to do stuff on larger scales like that but also just to uh send boxes to books of teachers that you guys know first year teachers uh veteran teachers who are trying to you know enhance uh, a love of literacy all kinds of different uh, individuals and so we really really enjoy doing that and the the privilege that you guys uh, give us to do that so go over to patreon check that out uh, check out some of our content there and uh, follow us on all our other social platforms those will all be in the show notes so drew uh, any last things you want to mention anything you want to plug before we get on out of here uh, no, I think you covered all the bases. Um, I want to make sure that everybody who wants to make sure that their kids and kids in the, in schools across the country have something good to read, uh, we can make that happen. We just need some more help. Yeah. That's all it and takes. Please, if you know teachers, please submit because I'm always... That's a good point. Yeah. Like the teacher doesn't need to do anything. Nope. Um, all we just need is like what? The, 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 school, the address to mail things to and whose attention to put it to. It, and what kind of what yes. kind of audience it should be for, like grade level or special needs versus not or whatever. Yeah, because I target specifically for whatever classroom. Um, I have books, you know, always ready to go, and I'm always, you know, uh, buying more to have them yeah. send out as as quickly as possible. But I'm not just grabbing a bunch of books and tossing them in a box. I'm being very intentional about. Um, what books are going to to the classroom so it takes so, about yeah. five minutes to fill out the form maybe and oh not uh, even it's yeah, like not even i think i did it in 60 seconds when i had a teacher who i had a teacher online who reached out and just put a general facebook post and said hey if you've got books that are good for like fourth and fifth graders i could use them because i'm teaching this grade level or whatever and i said ah i know exactly <laughs> what to do with that yeah so if you if you know anybody um whether they're star wars fan or not please submit them because mm -hmm. like i said i've always got books i've always uh, amazon comes i'm like save that box um because <laughs> those go to teachers so all of those are available in the show notes and uh i guess until next time drew do you know what i really hope we do get an andor 
What is that? I hope we get batch eight. Hi-ho. All Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of the Clashing Sabers network and ClashingSabers.net. All licensed sounds and images are the property of their respective copyright holders and are used for informational and educational purposes only. For more information on our nonprofit or to nominate a teacher, go to ClashingSabers.net. For questions or inquiries, please email us at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com. You're just going to walk away?